Welcome to This Book is Lit, the podcast for book nerds of all genres. Episodes include interviews with beloved and upcoming authors, discussions about recent releases, and all the literary rants you could ask for. Be sure to follow us at www.thisbookislit.com and our Instagram, which is at thisbookislitblog. Today I'm joined by author Ginny Bayless. Ginny is a former professional cake baker and lives in a small seaside town in the UK with her husband, their children having left the home for big adventures. She's also the author of 12 Dates of Christmas and A Season for Second Chances. Hi, Ginny. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Hi, it's lovely to meet you. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, of course. Well, um, so I had reached out to you because I loved your book, A Season for Second Chances. And um, do you want to go ahead and start by telling us a little bit about it? Yes, sure. So um, it's about Annie. Um, She's a little bit older as a protagonist. So she's 44. um, And she's got, you know, on the face of it, a lot going for her. She owns her own restaurant. uh, She owns her own house. She's got two grown up kids. She's got a charming husband. Um, but right at the very beginning of the book, she discovers her very charming husband very much in the middle of an affair with a very much younger woman. And um, that so it's the beginning of the book signals the end of her marriage. And then it's really about Annie finding her way as a, you know, as a 44 year old single woman and and not having a label attached to her you know sort of she's always been mother restaurateur chef wife and you know suddenly she's just Annie so um she ends up taking uh possession well she she becomes a guardian um of a little house uh in Willow Bay and it's right on the beach um and uh she kind of takes it up because there's no rent and it's just just looking after it while the elderly lady um, who lives there normally has gone away for the winter because the winters are pretty harsh there on the coast. And uh, and, you know, she meets these interesting people. And obviously she she meets a guy eventually, but not till halfway through the book, really. Um, and she starts a book club and, you know, they have uh, lots of incredible parties, these people in Willow Bay. And it's just about her rediscovering herself you know I think if any if ever there was a title that sort of (laughs) encapsulated what the book was about it's about you know almost everybody pretty much bar the cheating husband getting a second chance (laughs) yeah yeah I that is a very good summary of it I um I mean it really has everything there's food because like you said she's a chef um there's also the the sleepy seaside a uh, village, a whole cast of characters there that are really interesting to follow. And um, one word that I've seen describe it, and it's even on the cover of the book, you know, a cozy winter read. So, and it does, it feels very cozy, even though you're dealing with a lot of, um, you know, um, heartfelt, deep concepts throughout the book. Um, there's just this kind of uh, atmosphere that uh, makes it a little bit of a warmer place, you know, to go into these, these darker reflections that she's going through at the time. So, so yeah, well, um, I think if you've got people around you uh, that, that even the worst situation can become cozy, if you have the right people around you, if you know what I mean, because there is that shared camaraderie, isn't there? Yes, absolutely. And uh, there are, 
a lot of moments of levity in the book. It's not, it's not like a, it's not a, um, a very weighty, you know, uh, it doesn't drag you down or anything. It's the way that you handle her going on this journey, I think is really, um, really nice. And, you know, it, it, it keeps, you deal with serious topics while at the same time, you know, having, having Annie explore this new place where she's at and, you know, also dealing with new concepts um, and, you know, even her children kind of come and go throughout the story, visiting her and, you know, dealing with that. So, um, yeah, but yeah, I, I definitely, it, one of the moments of levity I was thinking of was the book club that she's in with the, <laughs> the, the elder ladies. Uh, but I don't want to give that away. I thought it was such a funny scene. Um, but, but yeah, anyway, I, I absolutely loved it. I think it was a great book and I'm kind of wondering what your inspiration was behind it. How did you come up with this idea? Um, well, I think, uh, I was, I, I, sometimes you get a picture, I mean, you know, you're a writer, so you, sometimes you get a picture in your head of something, and I had a very vivid picture of this, because I used to work in a cafe, and I've worked in restaurants, and so you sort of, I had this very vivid picture of a, of a place where she worked, and then her walking in on her husband, and I, and that was my sort of first picture in my head, and then I thought, well, from there it kind of it, it it went on from there and it was that kind of you know what what would happen if if you know if something if your life as you knew it ended and then you had to start again so that was sort of that was my jumping off point and I was really clear on um that I wanted her to be um a little bit older um because in the space that I write in you don't always see slightly more mature protagonists but there is such a huge, I mean, I'm a, I'm a very mature protagonist in my own story, you know, so, and there is just, there's a huge readership. It's not just 20 and 30 somethings reading, you know, sort of rom-coms and things like that. It, it's, it's right across the board, you know? Um, and so I thought I really wanted her to be a little bit older because I kind of liked the idea that she had baggage, you know, that, that kind mm -hmm. of baggage that you get when you get a little bit older and, you know, you've got sort of, crow's lines and slightly saggy boobs and you know all of the things that go along with that um and so I think that was it was sort of a combination of those things really really wanting to tell a journey tell a story about a woman on a different kind of journey yeah absolutely and I I think you did it so effectively I I loved it I thought it was really refreshing to read about a you know a protagonist at a different stage of life she's already you know gone through um, you know, some of the things that the younger protagonists are, you know, just starting to contemplate marriage and having kids and everything. And, um, and yeah, I, I found it really um, interesting. Um, and I always love when there's food mixed into a plot. So, so, you know, I love all the references to the restaurant industry and everything like that. Um, was there any particular reason you wanted to put her in this setting? Um, well, I'm, I mean, there was a couple of reasons. I know cafes because I worked as a baker in one for many years. So, you know, cafes and me feel, you know, very sort of <laughs> at one. Um, and I, I'm obsessed with the sea, although I am the world's worst swimmer. So I go to the sea most days and, you know, I live on a sort of a beautiful coastline and there's lots of different bays around me, pockets of coastline. And um, and I think particularly in the winter, you know, in the summer, everyone loves the beach in the summer, but in the winter, there is something so raw about it. And I, um, so yeah, I think it was lots of things that I love 
I was I was putting them into it into this book and there are you know some places I'm quite lucky the town I live in um uh which is right by the sea but it doesn't sort of die a death in the winter but there are some towns you know sort of nearby me on the coastland where they literally close for the whole winter and it is it is tumbleweed city um or the equivalent of a you know very a seaweed city um so you know so yeah I think it was my love of that that kind of rawness of the the winter by the sea and obviously my love of coffee <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah and um I mean, it kind of the, I guess the season and then the location, it makes it all, uh, you know, ripe for contemplation on Annie's part, you know, kind of giving her a, a clean slate. So it's, it's really interesting to see how she copes with the, the different environment. Um, so which characters did you find easiest to write? Did you find any characters particularly challenging or face any, face any um, interesting issues with that? Um, I think uh, I think Annie was probably my easiest one to write just because I had such a clear vision of her and I think because I understood her you know I've got two grown-up sons um, luckily I don't have a cheating husband but you know I, I sort of I, a lot of the other things you know I can I could really relate to so she was probably my easiest character but I think possibly my trickiest character was Max her husband because I wanted obviously he's he's you know the the bad guy as it were but equally um i i don't think people are all bad or all good and there had to be a reason why annie stayed with him for so long as there are for so many women you know we don't they're very complex reasons um and so max isn't necessarily a bad person and but i so i wanted to get across that obviously he's a douchebag but equally, you know, he can be charming and he can be a good father and he can be he can be many things, but still not be right for Annie. So I think trying to get that balance without I didn't want him to be a pantomime sort of devil. Um, I wanted him to be a little bit more rounded than that. And that's quite tricky because you want to you want to love to hate him, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um you know, he isn't just a throwaway character, you know, he, he plays an important part in the book and, and you assume, you know, when you come into it that, yeah, they've had this whole life together. They've, you know, successfully parented and, you know, everything before the, the inciting incident. So, um, yeah, I can imagine that would be really difficult <laughs> to bring these, <laughs> these, you know, yeah, these, I guess, explanations for, um, you know, why she would continue to stay with, stay with him and, you know, uh, yeah obviously yeah in fact at one point um I think it was my agent actually said she said you've actually been too you know you've made Annie too understanding she was like Annie needs to have a couple of tantrums because mm -hmm. she was like you know it's all very well being you know kind of zen about the the breakdown of your marriage but there are going to be times when you are going to have a tantrum and she was like and so we need to see those too so I did actually have to go back and and yeah make I think I'd gone too far down the route of, you know, peace, love and understanding. And I had to give Annie a bit of a chance to get her own back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She had to work through it through your writing yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh boy. Okay. Well, so interesting. And, um, did, uh, what did your process look like for this particular book? Did you, uh, did you outline or did you just kind of go with that 
image, that first scene that you had in mind and, and see where it took you or how did that work? Um, I think I had, um, I had an idea of, so I had my first image and then I, and I knew where it was, how it was going to finish. And I kind of knew a couple of things that were going to happen along the way. Um, one of the book club scenes came very early on to me. So that was, uh, you know, I was, I knew that was going to happen. Um, and, but with this one, actually, because it was, it was during lockdown and thing, it, you know, the world just felt a bit funny anyway, didn't it? And so I ended up, I, I wrote it um, all in notebooks and then typed it up and then would go off on tangents or lose bits or add bits as I was going, as I was, you know, typing. Um, and so, yeah, it was because normally I'd say it's probably half and half. I would like, I'd make notes in my notebook and some of those would be word for word transported onto the word document. And some of them would, and sometimes, you know, I would just sort of run away with myself when I'm writing on, on the computer. Um, but with this, I did the whole lot. I filled up two notebooks and, um, and I actually went, I mean, I went way overboard. I mean, every single character had a massive backstory. You know, we went right back to birth for every character. And, you know, my editor was just like, holy cow, you've got to cut this back by 30,000 words before I can even look at this. <laughs> so I think, and I, and I wonder if that's just because it was such an intense time. It, you know, we weren't allowed out. It was full lockdown. I had both my older kids plus one girlfriend of theirs come to live with us during lockdown. You know, they're like boomerang children. Um, mm -hmm. So we were, so there was five of us in our tiny house, three of us working full time, one in the, what my son at the dining table, me in the garden, my husband in the shed. Um, you know, and it, it, so it felt like a very intense time. And I think that's probably why the book ended up being so huge because, you know, I think I put all that intensity sort of went into the, into the book. And then I had to obviously lose like loads of it, you know, because it was basically the size of war and peace. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, uh, you know, maybe some of that material can come back. You can have a prequel or, you know, something like that <laughs> for one of the Yeah, characters. I mean, honestly, it's all there. You know, Mary's whole history, John's history, you know. <laughs> I not, love that. Everyone's got a full backstory. <laughs> uh -huh. Oh, that's wonderful. So, um, okay, I, I'm really interested to hear that you hand wrote uh, the book before typing it. So what is that? So it sounds like you do that already, but not to this extent, putting it all in notebooks. Do you usually handwrite some part? Yeah, job. I do. I find that, um, you know, sometimes I'll sit down at the laptop and it will just and it will just flow and I'll be like, oh, you know, this is great. I'm, I'm feeling fully Jessica Fletcher today. And, you know, um, and then other days there's just, you know, I, I think it's not happening. So those are the days when I'll take my notebook out and I'll go and sit in a coffee shop or I'll sit on the beach and I'll just have to sort of do that whole just breathe. And just let it, you know, when the blocks come, you know, just let it go. And then, and those are the days when I'll, I'll kind of scribble it all out into my notebook. And then it, it's almost like a, it's more freeing, feels more freeing to me. I mean, different people have different processes. And then once I've done that freedom by splurging all over my notebook, I can go back and make sense of it on the laptop. Um, so that tends to be the way that I work. It's a lot of, yeah, it's, it's kind of a two, two pronged attack. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Well, okay. So did you type all of the material in the notebooks into a document first before hacking things? Or did you pretty heavily self-edit as you were typing? I'm curious what the oh, original yeah, no, word uh, count was. 
<laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I say I'm pretty heavily um, edited as I was typing. Um, however, yeah, I, I mean, I still, the, the first draft that I sent to my editor was still 30,000 words too long. I mean, I, I you know. Oh, okay, wow. <laughs> it left to my own devices. Lord knows where we would have been. You know, it would have been like a six-month sort of, you know, TV drama. <laughs> I'd love it. That'd be great. I think this is a perfect plot for that. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to find out more about the world, you know, that they're living in. So, um, okay, interesting. And, you know, kind of speaking about, um, you know, the technical parts of the book, I'm curious um do you is this considered a romance or is it a women's fiction that's a really good question because you know I've actually it was having a conversation yesterday with my editor and my um agent because I seem to sit somewhere in the middle um you know there's a um a lot of uh romance is you know is really fast-paced um and uh, and, you know, it's got a lot of humour and a lot of dialogue. And then you've got women's fiction, which is sometimes a little bit heavier. But then, and I I, I seem to sort of walk this tightrope between the two because, and, and I, I'm not exactly sure where I fall, <laughs> to be honest. You know, it's, it's really tricky. Yeah, and that's, um, it's kind of an ongoing conversation I've had with a few other authors on my podcast about, um, you know, the line with the genres, because I think it is really hard to tell sometimes. <laughs> Um, yeah but yeah because you definitely you have both but it's always interesting to me what they look for as a clear-cut romance you know when they want to fit it into that box versus yeah women's fiction is such um such a broad category you could really stick anything in there right like you you can have yes. women's fiction suspense you know there's who knows <laughs> yeah yeah no I totally agree and it's really hard to find unless you're specifically you know unless you can really tell that you're one or the other but I, I think for a lot of people there is there's a bit of a gray area there and we we kind of like yeah walk this tightrope between the two and and sometimes I've had people say well this wasn't what I was expecting this is women's fiction and then you know on the other hand someone will say oh, well this is a rom-com clearly and so I, I just think oh I don't know make of it what you will yeah nobody <laughs> seems to know exactly <laughs> what those things are yeah well um okay so and you've kind of touched on the main love interest of the book a little bit but um you know I, I'm curious about uh the dynamic and how the the romance subplot kind of worked uh, when you were planning the book. Um, did you know from the beginning you wanted, I, I don't know if it's a spoiler or not, so I don't want to, since it, it does happen <laughs> quite late in the book, but, um, but, you know, did you already have a clear concept of him when you started writing or, you know? Yeah, I did. Um, and, you know, again, he's got a huge backstory. Um, so, but <laughs> There's a little bit of it in the book, but I would love yeah, more. There is a little bit of it in the book. And, um, I think, I mean, obviously this one's, it's a slow burn. There's no doubt about that, you know, and he doesn't really come in apart from to annoy her. Um, he doesn't really come in until sort of a little bit into the book. And that, I did that on purpose because I wanted, so the original title of this book, when I wrote it was called The Wooing of Annie Sharp, because in my mind, you know, she was being wooed by Max, she was being wooed by John, she was being wooed by Paul, and she was, most of all, she was wooing herself because she was finding herself and, you know, so, but my editor did quickly 
point out to me that the wooing of Annie Sharp sounded like a murder thriller. So I was like, oh, okay, no, I see that because there'd been a book that had just recently come out called The Taking of Annie Thorne and it had oh. such a similar vibe that, you know, in the name. And we were like, yeah, no, that's that's not going to work. But so my the reason that um, the, the love interest, uh, John, comes into it later is that I really wanted her to, I wanted Annie to have a chance to romance herself first, mm -hmm. you know, just to find because she'd had so many years of being different labels I wanted her to not have a label for a little while and find out how that felt and see how she felt about herself and then her, her to be then a, ready for somebody else to come in and be um you know sort of a, a partnership with her you know rather than sweep I think they swept each other off their feet in a way you know I didn't want mm -hmm. uh, do you know what I mean yeah, you didn't want it to be one-sided where she's just falling for this guy. And yeah, no, yeah. I completely get it. Yeah, and um, and I don't know if this was intentional or not, but I thought when I was reading, I was really getting a lot of um, classical romance tension between them. Um, and I thought it was a appropriate that they had that classics book club because um, I was getting kind of a, a Pride and Prejudice type of vibe yeah. from, <laughs> from their interactions. Yeah. And I loved it. I thought it was great. <laughs> Yeah, like no, you're completely takeout. right. You picked okay. up on that correctly. I mean, I am obsessed with Mr. Darcy. Um, in fact, I had to kind of de-Darcify him a little bit because oh, okay. yeah, he, he was <laughs> he was a bit too Mr. Darcy to start like in the way that he spoke, you know, his dialogue. And I had to sort of had to kind of say, no, 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 like this is 2020. This is not how people speak. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I thought it was great. And yeah, it's it's very modern. <clears throat> and in fact, you know, speaking of a film or series or whatever I think that would be a great you know way to to kind of have this as like a a modern take on that where you know she's going through a period of self-exploration and then you know also there's this you know um love to hate <laughs> yeah. situation going on <laughs> so yeah okay well cool yeah so I like I said I, I really enjoyed reading him I thought I thought he was interesting and I'm really curious now that you've hinted at the backstory. <laughs> is there, um, do you have any plans to make a, like a sequel of any point or like, a, um, you know, sometimes in romance, they have those, um, uh, what are they called? Companion novels exploring the other characters. Yes. Is there any plans for that right now? Um, well, I, I would actually, I would be open to doing that, but, um, you're always sort of at the I say at the mercy of that's not true I'm not at the mercy <laughs> of them but um but you know there's uh when I've gone to my agent and said you know I've thought about maybe doing an extra sort of story about this and there was sort of she sort of said but you know what you're contracted for really like because I was contracted for two books and then another two books um uh is like a rom-coms and a, a fresh rom-com you know it wouldn't be okay. it, and, and also I'm not a big enough name to do so you have to be a big name to be able to do um to have the following to be able to do more than one book uh focusing on the same characters like Jenny Colgan can do it Carol Matthews British author can do it um but I am I'm unfortunately not <laughs> And they say, I was told in no uncertain terms, you are not a big enough name to be doing that. And I was like, yeah, no, fair enough. <laughs> I, well, okay, so I think, so obviously you're British, but um, I, I feel like your books are doing very well in the US. And I'm kind of, I'm curious about what that, um, 
what that entailed on your end with your agent and publisher getting, uh, did you have a different publisher in the US versus the UK or, you know, how did that happen? Yes, I do. So I'm with um, Pam McMillan in um, Britain and then Putnam in the US. Um, and luckily my editors in Putnam and Pan Mac work really closely together. Mm, um, okay. So that's, that's brilliant so we they sort of they both read it they both do um you know sort of like a a, a copy edit type notes you know and they, but they um they manage they pretty much agree on on most things um so i have two i have two copy edits for for the book um one us one uk um and i work through those and they're normally pretty similar obviously with the us one there's lots of britishisms that I only realize make absolutely no sense until it's, you know, my editor in the US says, what does this mean? And I, <laughs> and I, and when I play it back to myself, I think, do you know what, that actually makes no sense, but we all know what it means, mm -hmm. but it makes no sense. And it's one of those, I'm sure you have them in the US as well. Um, so yes, yeah, so I have two, two edits, two proofs, two, two of everything. Um, and so there's there's little you know there's small changes that get made so for example um over here it was called the winter of second chances so that's mm. you know just a title change but in a season for second chances um annie has a shares a passionate kiss with somebody that doesn't work it doesn't become anything else uh -huh. um and in the uk version she has a little bit well She's, she sleeps with that person but again it's completely disastrous oh. but that's a, a, a difference that was and um that was because it was flagged that that wouldn't you know that that wasn't um something that the U.S. market would they wouldn't like that very much oh okay I I because I know who you're talking about and I am yeah. very curious about why why they thought uh, like what, what do they the, know about the market <laughs> with that yeah so that the heroin um can't she should she's not to have she's not to have sex with two people in one book <laughs> oh okay I, interesting that's about the sub that's about the size of it um uh, yeah so that so um but she in the uk she she did <laughs> well and i mean the so it sounds like the original version uh i feel like that makes sense uh what you're talking about i don't think that would have taken me off guard i'm really that's interesting those little differences are something that they flag as you know a potential yeah. issue in each market huh interesting okay. yeah but again you know so if i was um but with something like bridget jones bridget jones diary mm -hmm. um obviously she does she has sex with two people however it's a different market it's women's fiction oh so it, okay. it's yeah so there's that's that 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 line again um hmm. yeah interesting okay. isn't it that is that's fascinating that adds a whole new lens to the the romance women's fiction because it's even different country to country I guess if you think about it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah very boy. much so yeah Okay. Well, and so I'm kind of curious, what was the, so I, I've seen your name all over the place, especially on uh, book Instagram, uh, 12 dates. 
of Christmas. Your first book was everywhere. I feel like on Bookstagram. Um, and I've, I've seen, you know, this one quite a bit too. So I, I'm curious what the, was there any difference in reception or who kind of picked up on the book in the UK versus the US or anything like that? Um, I mean, my sales are actually better in the US okay. than they are in the UK. Now, I don't, I mean, obviously the US is huge and the UK is tiny. So you could, you know, I mean, it could balance out. But I feel like, um, I feel like I've probably been better received in the US than in the UK. And I, I wonder if that is to do with the the kind of the very Britishness of the small town mm. you know mm -hmm. sort of vibe um because you're the your grass is always greener isn't it so it's like I read an awful lot of um American writers mm -hmm. and again I think it's that it's that different perspective isn't it so maybe maybe that's maybe that's what it is whereas the British are like well we we know what a dreary you know beach looks like in winter so it's just you know <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, I was, I was surprised since you were saying like, uh, you know, your publisher said you're not a big enough name for that. And like I said, in the US, at least I've, I've seen your stuff everywhere. And I feel like you've, um, I feel like the Americans have welcomed your writing and your books. They really have. Yeah. And you know, I belong to an American book club, because I did, when I was doing um, with 12 dates, and I sort of was chatting to different um, book clubs, and uh, the Bayou Book Babes, I did a, a, um, a talk with them and um, and I, I just kind of started following a few of them. And then in their next book club, they'd done a book that I'd already read. And I and I said, oh, I've read that book. You know, I messaged. And then in the next one, they did another one. And and I said, oh, I'm interested to read that. And they were like, do you know what? Do you just want to join? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like yes, please, I really do. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I have a, yeah, so... I do feel really, you know, welcomed by um, US readers and yeah, by my lovely book club in, um, you know, Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? That's so funny. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, um, okay. So what do you have coming up next? What are your next projects that you're working on? Um, so at the end of September in the US, and it'll be November um, over here in the UK, uh, my ne next book is called Meet Me Under the Mistletoe. Um, so that is the one that's just proofs are going out now um, and uh, that's a I mean just from the title you can tell that's a Christmassy rom-com um, so <laughs> but it, it's got um, you know it's very much about old friends who come back together um, as adults so they were friends at school and they come back together as adults for a big wedding um, and you know there's there's class divides and there's dramas and there's all the things that go along with having a friendship group for very many years and you know those those kind of rides that you've all been on together and um things like that and obviously you know set in a castle at Christmas so hugely Christmassy um so there's that that's that's coming out and I'm working on um the book for next year which um is in the very very early stages at the moment and that is I would say I'm probably at procrastination stage <laughs> with that. Um, and actually, you know, when you are really procrastinating, when you watch a video of somebody painstakingly 
uh, molding out of clay all the characters from Stranger Things. And I was like, okay, yeah, no, I'm really procrastinating now. <laughs> Different level of procrastination. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So do you, can you kind of give us a, an idea of what that one is about? Or is it still just, you're not completely, it's at the discovery stage. <laughs> um it's well it, it's going to be so the next the, the one for coming out next year is going to be um it's three sisters and uh but they have um three different mothers they had a father who was a, a kind of a sort of very free spirit and um these three sisters have to come together um after he, he's died to basically to sort out his sort of life that he left behind and it's how they get on coming from these very different backgrounds and you know they're very different love lives and um connecting again after you know sort of being estranged and um so you know and their, their father was a bit wily and he basically sort of put all sorts of caveats in the will that they have to overcome before they can even you know get the keys to the property that he owned and things like that you know so there's sort of there's there's mischief uh mischief and winter solstices going on and Ooh. uh yeah and just as soon as I stop watching videos on YouTube I'm gonna really <laughs> crack off with it <laughs> and you said uh you said that one is planned for 2023 yes okay yes okay great that's it yeah do you have a publication date for um the the mistletoe one uh for the U.S. yet or is it yeah I think that's coming out in the U.S. on the 20 I think the 27th of September Oh, okay. So that's right around the corner. Okay. Fantastic. Yes. It's, it's, yeah, really soon. So everything was happening really early with that because normally that um, would, they would be more like October time in the US and then in the UK, it's always sort of mid-November. Um, mm. But I think Christmas, I, I don't know if it's COVID that's made it, um, you know, like everyone, like we want to start, we want to have all celebrations now, don't we? Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, we, we want to do big Halloween. And obviously you guys have Thanksgiving and we want to do massive Christmas. And I, I think that um, maybe we all just need a little bit of sparkle. And mm -hmm. so the Christmas market has just gone boom. And uh, yeah, so Christmas now starts at the end of September, which is happy days to me because I love Christmas. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I think everybody wants to keep the celebrations going as long as possible <laughs> yeah I think so it's important isn't it at the moment you know it does sort of feel a bit like the world's going to hell in a handbasket and so I think <laughs> it's just that we're just kind of clinging on to those celebrations where we can <laughs> exactly well um is there uh for pre-ordering um for your new books do you have any specific place where people can do that um, I am really fond of the Fountain Bookstore. Oh my goodness, where is the Fountain Bookstore? It's in the US. Okay. I, I can't remember where. But, I, but I, I, I chatted with them last year and I loved them. And um, yeah, the Fountain Bookstore. If okay. I, I, I'll drop you a line with it. <laughs> okay, sure. I was about to say, I can put a link so that people listening can uh, you know, find them and pre-order through them. So um, yeah, because I, I know indie bookstores you know, they have their own uh, links to, to pre-order and everything. So yes. yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then um, if, if people want to read a season for second chances, where should they buy it in the U S? Um, I mean, I think you can, again, the fountain bookstore, there's um, uh, it was in 
Barnes and Noble. I know you can get it on Amazon, but the only the indie one that I that I know. Oh, um, well, I don't know if you could do it in Murder by the Book, but there's a there's a bookshop called Murder by the Book, and it's mostly mm -hmm. about murders. But I also did a talk <laughs> with them about a season for second chances. So, oh, really? Okay. You know, and definitely, I'm there's no murders in it. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I personally got it from Barnes and Nobles over here. They had it in stock. So yeah, cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again for joining me today. And it's been it's been so fun chatting with you. I appreciate you coordinating with the time zones so that we can make this work. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me. It was lovely. To find out more about Ginny Bayless and her books, be sure to check out the links in the description below. Until next time, read on.